Okay, so I have us at the yeah. Krishna Bracha says, "Hi, Vadim Levarich Al Harak Hashem Shemavarich Al Tov." Persons are obligated to bless on the bad the same way that he's that he blesses on the good. And the Pasuk uh, over there says, They should love Hashem, your God, with all of your heart. Now the obvious question is, what, what a blessing signifies the recognition of something good. You think about someone being blessed. What does it mean someone said he's a blessed person? So it means there's so much goodness there that overflows to others, right? So it's, a, it's a source of goodness. So why would, when something bad happens, See, someone said to you, you know what you should do when something bad happens? You should say the Shema. Shema Yisrael Hashem, Merkel Hashem Echad. Okay, recognize Hashem's in charge. Or, you should say, you know what, I'm sure I deserve it somehow. Also, okay, that makes sense. But what does it mean to bless? Bless means the recognition that this is a source of goodness. That's the question of the morale. Why would having something bad happening, why would it be correct to bless Hashem for that? For example, for example, can we bless, I, I want to bless Hashem right now. I'd like to make a bracha. I'll make up something nice. Blessed be you, the one who um, does all sorts of good things for us. Am I allowed to do that? Amen. Very good. Yeah. She's already cold. She's already cold. Yeah. So now what? So what is? So Raborach had to very cleverly drink a cup of tea in order to in order to say that. What? Why couldn't you just make that bracha without that? Yeah, the with the full name. Yeah, why not? The who? The gadol? Who's the gadol? Oh, a gadol. Okay, a gadol. Yeah. The difference between a gadol and a regular person is when a regular person wants, he makes a broth in order to eat. The gadol eats in order to make the broth. True, but why is he eating to make the bracha? Why does he need to make the bracha? Why does he need to eat? I said to make the bracha. Why can't he just? Why can't he just make a bracha by itself? Rather, the answer is because making a bracha is the recognition of Hashem as being a source of goodness. So only when you receive goodness are you are you able to do that? Is that that's, that's where you are? That you're able to recognize Hashem as a source of goodness. Is it being alive a source of goodness? So go ahead, make a bracha. Make a bracha. Go ahead. We're listening. We're gonna say amen to your bracha. I guess I'm not gonna say amen to your bracha because it's gonna be an amen yisom, right? Thank you for the air and breathing. Well, thank you. It's nice. I want to hear. I want to hear. So what are we really doing? Increasing something. I'm not gonna get into brachas right now. Bracha is a deep thing, but the morale is pointing out. The same, the, you cannot just make a bracha in general. Oh, Hashem, very nice. I, I, I like Hashem a lot. He's really wonderful. Okay, make a bracha. No, a bracha is specifically when you are able to uniquely recognize Hashem as a source of goodness. 
namely, and something we can all understand and relate to, when Hashem does something good for you. When you see Hashem as the one who is doing something good. Wonderful. But if nothing happened, then no. But if something bad happened, then yes. What? That, that seems to be the opposite. I can't even... You have Shimon over here. He's so grateful to Hashem for everything in general. His life is going so well. You'd like to make a bracha? No, you're not allowed to. Because you don't... That, you, you're not recognizing Hashem as a source of good right now. So you, 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 can't, you can't. I'm sorry. However, if something bad happens to a person, then yes, you make a bracha. That seems to be. That seems to be the opposite. That seems to be even worse. Could it be that it's just our perception as to it being bad that it really you say that Hashem only does good. He is good. He does good. That's the bracha that we make when we something that we perceive as being bad. Is it really we bad? What bracha? Hashem is good and does good. That's a bracha that we make when good things happen. Atova meitiv. Atova meitiv is a bracha. Yes, sir. Atova meitiv is a bracha that we make uh, when it's extra good. It's good for you and good for someone else. Or you're already drinking wine, you're getting more wine, new wine, a better wine. It's a tova meitiv, a tremendous recognition of the goodness of Hashem. But 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 you but you are onto something. Oh yeah, Baruch Hashem says what you make. So the but you are onto something, which is that really let's take the recognition is that Hashem is the source of all goodness, and there's nothing but that. Nothing comes from Hashem that is not good. Now, that's what we're recognizing when making a book. Is that everything that comes from Hashem is good. So maybe then you should make a Shechachiyanu or a Tova Beitim. That's something bad happening. So what's the difference? Why is it that certain things are bad? So the morale says over here a big uh, principle which is that depending on the recipient I could the analogy would be if I have a wonderful bottle of wine and I pour a shimon you have a special wine glass right probably something nice help aerate it I pour for Shimon into his white fancy wine glass. Then I have a, a guy with a dirty coffee mug and I pour the wine into there. Tastes a little bit funny, but okay. And then this guy over here, I pour, but he doesn't have a mug at all and it goes all over his head. And so it's the same wine in all three situations, but depending on the recipient, is how it's going to come across. Now, that's an analogy, of course, because uh, it implies that I'm just doing something without without awareness of what's going on on your end, but just to show that something that's good, depending on if you're the right vessel to receive it or not, can actually end up being bad. But so let's take a look at the at the next image. Hashem saw everything that he did and behold it was very good. Because all the six days of creation we have second days. Not said the word tov, but the third day said twice. So they all get a tov. Hashem saw it was everything Hashem is creating. It's good, 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 good. And then on the sixth day it says tov me'od. Very good. So it says, Rav Huna, what is this Tov Me'od? Zu Midas Yisurim. Bring us back to the Nesiva Yisurim that we were learning not too long ago. This is afflictions. Nechi Midas Yisurim, Tov Me'od. Bit me. As the Midrash 
uh, rhetorically, is that the case? Is that that afflictions are very good? And this is very relevant to us now that we are preparing for the day of judgment for, for Rosh Hashanah. A person could say, well, if Hashem is so good, what does he have to make a day of judgment with us? Just, Yom Kippur is a nice day. Get atonement. Day of judgment. What for? It says the Midrash that through the Yisurim, through the judgment and the subsequent things that come out of it, that's how people come to Chai Olam Habo. So what we see from Shlomo, but there Chaim Tochachas Musar. Right, Kinner Mitzvah, the Torah or, but there Chaim Tochachas Musar. So the way of life means the thing is going to give you ultimately the road of life, the road of endless life. How does a person get onto that road? Tochachas Musar. Through the approach of either either self-reproach, which is Musr, or reproach from Hashem, which is called Yisurim. Savor A. Eze derech meidias ha'odam l'chai olam abah. Havyomer ze midas Yisurim. We see that afflictions, toughness, is the thing that brings a person to the next world. Obvious. If a person's now we're starting to get into a little bit of understanding. A person, ha, how we can say, apologize, how we can say that the ra, the bad that comes to a person, is really Hashem. When Hashem does that, you recognize Hashem as being the good. Why is that? It's partial. Person has, let's say, a, a child that's misbehaving. One option, you give him a candy. What do you think it's going to do to the child in the long run? Every time they misbehave, give him a candy. We're going to ruin the person's life. Right? So, rather, through telling them what they're doing is wrong, displaying to them anger, maybe even punishing them, through that, you're doing a good thing for them. Now, of course, it's only because the recipient has this, is behaving badly. So since the recipient is behaving badly, so then the bad is really a way to do good to them. So when a person has bad thing happened to them, then they need to recognize that, okay, apparently, according to my, who I am, to where I am, to my, the vessels that I have with me, the way that Hashem is doing good to me is through doing bad to me. In other words, if, you, if, you're, if you're perfectly clean of any, of any, uh, Bad of any transgressions, then Hashem can give you good right away, and it's not going to spoil you. You know, a good child, you give them a candy, it's wonderful. They're happy, you're happy, they're happy, everyone's happy. But if they're bad, then it's through the Yisurim that actually, ultimately, you're going to do good for them. Hopefully, right? Well, we are not so skilled in that, but Hashem is very skilled in that. He knows exactly how to do it. So that is. That is the, the, we're learning over here that what, when we receive Yisurim, it's really a form of goodness. Would you say that's a kapora? Kapora is that? Kapora, sure. Sure. Kapora is the removal. In other words, because Hashem is good, He does not want there to remain bad, not in us and not in the world. And therefore, He removes it from us with Yisurim, with, with uh, negative events.
Now we're going to have, it's unbelievable, the Chaz de Hashem. The tremendous Chaz de Hashem. We're coming up on Rosh Hashanah. And we're Zoha, even though this is not the topic, we're going to be Zoha to learn one of the awesome pieces the morale has that has to do with Rosh Hashanah. We're in the middle of learning the Siv, Avas Hashem. And we're going to be Zoha to learn one of the awesome pieces the morale has has to do with Rosh Hashanah. Specifically with kaparas, chicken, you know. Yeah. How many people here do kaparas with a live chicken? Fancy? Don't, I, I took you, you, you. I can tell right away. No, no, that was the guy. He'll grab the chicken. What? Not my choice. My neighbor does it. He makes you do it. Okay. Nobody else. Okay. Are you also? <laughs> okay, so we'll see. So we'll see. Okay, here we go. Incredible Gemara. The first we're gonna we're gonna have really two parts to this Gemara, and even though I brought it to you as one big block, we're gonna break it up. We're gonna learn the first part of the Gemara first, do a little bit on the quicker side, and then we're gonna dig into the second half. Uh, hopefully, um, that that's that's gonna be uh, something we can carry with us into Rosh Hashanah, which of course is the Day of Judgment. Okay, so here we go. So it's a similar concept that we just said earlier. Says the Gemara. My mevarech, what bracha do you make? Like Shimon was proposing, we're gonna make a you are good and do good on something bad happening. And on good also make a tovamate. We see that's not true. We see that on, on, on bad things happening, we don't make the same bracha, we don't make a tovamate. We make a baruch dynamis. So what do we mean when we say the, the same way they were Mavarech and the Tov were Mavarech and the Ra. Seemingly, that's, uh, we're making two separate brachas, two different brachas. Answers the Gemara. Amorava, Lonusrecha Ella, Likablinhu Besimcha. What we mean is the attitude with which you do it. The same way that you, something good is happening to us. We understand that the thing that's happening is good. And we're happy. I'll tell you, my, my grandmother had a, uh, she has a really bad cataract situation. Went to a, went to a surgeon uh, like a week ago. And she said she could squeeze us in September 11th. So my grandmother was so happy. She, she could barely see anything. So extremely happy to go under the knife. I mean, on, on September 11th, she'll be going under the knife. is going to be potentially not as simple as a regular cataract surgery. Um, and she's extremely happy. Is it is it the same happy as somebody who gets, you know, when they get a candy? No, it's not the same happy. <laughs> but it's a, it's a recognition that something good is happening over here. So that's what Rava is saying. Even though it's a different bracha, because the bracha is different because how it comes down to us. But the source in both situations is the same. The source is, in both situations, one that wants to do good. The way it's going to come in is different. That's why the bracha is different. We have to remember and not forget that we are in the Siv, Avas Hashem. We're saying that this is going to be a reason to love Hashem, and a reason to be close to Hashem. Is whether He's doing something good to you. And you turn around and you get upset and you push away or whatever it is. That's the opposite. He's doing something good. He's, he's doing an act of bringing closer. So we need to reciprocate and come closer. Hashem is doing an act of closeness, an act of love. So we need to reciprocate and come closer. And that includes even Yisur. That includes even Rav. Okay. So now... 
we're gonna have a series of psukim that are gonna show prove this to us. Where do we see that the same way that we bless on the good, we should bless on the evil? Uh, Damar Kral, the Pasuk at the Hilm says, Belokim Ahalel Dover, Basham Ahalel Dover. With the Lord, I will praise the matter. With Hashem, I will praise the matter. Now, but you know the difference between the name Elohim and the name Hashem? That's right. The name Elohim is a, just like by human beings that uh, this word is used for. Elohim means judges. Right? So the same, obviously here is a divine name, not a profane name, but, it mean, but, it, but it's a name for Hashem as the judge. So he's saying, uh, Hashem the judge, the judge, I will praise the matter. And the name Hashem, which is a name of mercy and kindness, I will praise the matter. So both matters that emanate, so to speak, from Elohim, and matters that emanate from the name of Ayah, the name of K, both of those I will praise. That's Rabbi Yochanan's proof that uh, the same way the Yermavarech on the Poronios, the same way Yermavarech on the Tov, Yermavarech on the Poronios. Amar Rabbi Avahu, or Mihacha. Rabbi Avahu gave a different source. Chesed Mishpat, Ashira Lecha, kindness and uh, and judgment, I will sing to you Hashem Azamra, Hashem, and I will sing. Imlechesed Ashira, so just like for kindness I sing to you, so too to Mishpat I sing to you. Rabbi Tanchum says, from here, Kos Yeshua Hashem I lift up the cup of salvation. I call it in Hashem's name. That's a good thing what happens to a person. But in that same capital, it says, Affliction and Sighing, I I find. I mean, it happens to me. I discover it. It, it finds me. I find it. And I call it Hashem's name. So this dove is saying this situation, that situation. I call it, I, I call it Hashem's name. You neither one. Rabbanon say, Yehocha. Pasuk says. Hashem Nosen, Vashem Lokach, Yishem Hashem Mevorach. Hashem gives and Hashem takes. Hashem's name be blessed. Equally in both. Whether he gives or he takes. Suppose again, you. Okay, let's pause here. Like I said to you, we're going we're gonna to break up this Gemara into two different halves. And we're just going to ask a very basic question. Of course, Chazal are so terse, so concise with every single word being so precious. And here we have a massive paragraph with one, two, three, four sources all seemingly doing the same thing. What's each Amora adding to the other one? Are they just trying to show off their tremendous uh, bakiyas in Psukim? The, uh, how many verses they know and where they can find this concept? Now the truth is that you could say maybe it's such a big Kiddush that we, like, we can't believe it. And we want to 
you know, we need to reinforce it pasuk after pasuk after. Maybe, maybe for us, maybe we need. But it's hard to say that Chazal were doing this for that reason. Says the Maral that all of these progress like this. First of all, we said that the name Lord or Judge, right, is usually has to do with judgment. However, a judge can sometimes choose to give somebody a smile. And he can say, you know what, you're a good guy. I don't want to see you here again, right? You could let somebody off the hook, a judge. So yes, it's true that the first opinion says, even when Hashem is a judge, I still bless him. A little bit scary, but, but okay. I recognize that he loves me. But it's, different. it's a different story when there's an actual judgment passed against you. That's the next possible. Mishpat. And even with Mishpat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise Hashem. That's not just a judge. That's already you, you got a Mishpat against you. But Mishpat could be, okay, you know, you're going to... You can't wear that t-shirt for the next three months, please. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but then afterwards, we could, we could talk about it again. Yeah? So that, that, that could be a judgment. But whereas Tzara, says the morale, means the thing is has been knocked out. That's it. You, you, this is a, uh, a real, not just a judgment, but a real harsh, something that speaks to the very heart of the, of the person. It's crippling tsara. Not, not everything that happens, you call it tsara. You're a drama queen, right? Not, not, not every single thing that happens, you have to call it a, uh, an affliction. Yeah. And then finally, okay, Sarah is one thing, but the Pasuk in Eov says Hashem gives, Hashem takes. Takes means Hashem takes somebody away. The ultimate loss. There's no, it's not, not a partial thing, not a, not a limb, amputa- limb amputation. This is uh, gone. And even then, we see Hashem gives, Hashem takes, blessed be Hashem. Bless Hashem. That's the progression over here. So each one is coming to teach a bigger Kiddush. Okay, now, back into the Gemara, and this is the... It's a famous story. The story is... I'll say that we learn from Rabbi Akiva that whatever happens to a person, a person should always say... Everything Hashem does, He does for good. People are familiar with the story of Rabbi Akiva and the donkey and the rooster and the lamp. Anybody know it? Go ahead. I think he's out in the field. Why is he out in the field? Sure why. I couldn't find lodging. They, 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 they all rejected lodging in the city. Right, which is pretty, uh, pretty harsh. You know, like an entire city. Now it could be they, they didn't let him into the city at all, or, or whatever it is. But he was traveling. Usually, travelers, you know, back in those days, travel. Okay, you might have to sleep in a barn or something, but you could find somewhere. No, he couldn't get anywhere to sleep in the, in, in the city. So he had to go out in the nearby field and sleep out there. So when Rabbi Akiva was, saw this was going to happen, so he said, okay, everything Hashem does is for the best. That what happened? He didn't want to be in, a, in a, such an evil place. They didn't give him lodging. So that's why he went to the field. Okay. He on the bench. Okay. Safe. I don't know if there's benches, but yeah. Okay, fine. Good. So then he went out to the field. So then uh, what happened after that? The donkey ran away. The donkey was, was killed by a mountain lion. Right? <laughs> so he said everything Hashem does is for good. Then 
candle went out? No, before that. What? Yeah, rooster was like, killed by a cat. A cat came and killed his rooster. Yeah, rooster is a person's alarm clock. You just lost, first you lost your mode of transportation, now you lost your alarm clock. Right? And then finally the wind blew out his candle. Kiva again said, everything happens, happens for the best. And then what happened? He fell asleep. He fell asleep. The Moraris came, they raided the city, killed and take, took everybody hostage into slavery, and he was saved. And how was he saved? First of all, he wasn't in the city. Second of all, the donkey would have brayed. The donkey had been killed. We know that the, uh, the, the, rooster, the rooster would have crowed, and they would have seen the, the light of the candle burning. So because of all these things, Rabbi Kiva was saved. Okay? Now, it's a very nice story. Incredible story. It's an incredible story to show you that everything Hashem does for the best. But why? But our Gemara says that a person should always say, not just that you should know, you should believe, a person should say, Everything Hashem does is for the best. And we see with Rabbi Akiva over here. Now what is the advantage gained by saying it? According to what we've been saying earlier. Huh? You know? Is that different than Davening around? Davening is you ask for something. Davening is you say, Hashem, please give me something. Really? Uh, yeah. is you're praising Hashem in general. You're not, without addressing a particular situation that's happening here in front of you. That's fine. I'm just saying that the Mila is saying it out loud versus thinking it. That there's something that's going on there. I'm using more part of myself than just my mind. True, but let's let's say a person didn't recognize or didn't recognize, he, he, he got distracted, he thought about something else. What's the difference? If Hashem was doing something good for you, tomorrow you'll see, you'll wake up and you'll see it was incredible, incredible Ashgacha, what happened. So the concept is, now the Maral talks about this a lot more, primarily he talks about this in the Siva Bitochem, which we're not going to get to right now. But it's tied into the Siva Ahava, Ahava Hashem, because like we said, when Hashem is doing something, an act of love for you, you have to reciprocate it, you have to recognize that's the case. That's why it's being brought up over here. But the point is like this, that we just said earlier that everything that Hashem does is really coming from a place of love, from a place of wanting to do good for you. Now to the extent, however, there's a recipient part to the, to the equation, which is why maybe it's not going so well. But to the extent that we focus on the, on the source of goodness, we shift the focus to that, we shift the, uh, we emphasize that point, we recognize that point, is the extent to which it could actually come out to be good even right here in, in our lives in Olamazah. As opposed to, true, in the end, in the end, when all the accounting is done, everything will be for the best. No question about it. Tov ma'od. But to the extent that we can tap into that, that we can recognize this as being good, is, a, is the extent to which it can become good right here in front of us. And that's what Bikiv is showing us. Okay? Now. Okay. Now. Uh, Quick question. Go ahead, Joseph. So verbalize is what makes it right now? What? Well, verbal verbalizing is a way to really be with it, but uh, obviously, saying something without really meaning it is not is not is not uh, too much, right? Is uh, you should not only you should not only believe it, but even to the point where you're saying. It. So we're saying recognizing, recognizing in the full sense of the word, Hashem is a source of good. That's the, 
that's the uh, by by doing that, it helps it to come out. How, how does speaking it out make it be more recognizable? Because it's in reality. Because down here in the reality, thinking and is an abstract thing, similar to what Roborok was saying, but just like it's feeler. You know, you can think things is one thing, but uh, if you want for it, but if you want something to come out into this world, you need to think it. You need to, you need to, you need to say it. I apologize. I would think you publicize it. Other people can hear it. You're saying for the people to hear me. Uh, not necessarily. It has to come out. Lupoil, speech is brought out from the realm of thought into the realm of this world here. So to Hashem. So to speak, high up in a hidden place, parallel to our thought, Hashem is doing good to us. But down here, it's coming out right now as being bad. So the way to help facilitate that you come out even here, Latova, is by bringing it out from our thought, from our amuna, from our belief Hashem is good, and say, and Hashem, Hashem is good, repoil, Hashem is doing good constantly, always. And that can, the person's bitachon strong enough, that can act as a as a vehicle to actually help, helping it to happen. Now, so let's discuss the... Uh, I'm sorry, when you say it, you bring it out into the world, right. it makes it happy in this world, and then what does Hashem do? So do the same thing. So, this, so, that, so Hashem's goodness, which until now has been hidden, it's it's Hashem is good on some very lofty level, some high level that's not being expressed right now. The way, in fact, the way it's being expressed right now is through Ra. But when you speak that out, then then that goodness can even be expressed as as being good. Nachumish Ganzu, Gamzulotova, more specific. Nachumish Ganzu is on higher madrig. That's because they're very, they're, they're very holy. They're, 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 be, they're higher than the level of Rabbi Akiva. They're, they're the level of Nachumish Gamzu. The rest of us, Halavai, Vulai, that we should. Let's let's strive to touch the tippy toes of Rabbi Akiva. But again, that's more of a general. We're not, not trying to see it now. We would like to, but 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 you have to be real with yourself. So you make a declaration that I believe that everything Hashem does is for the good, and this is included in that. And uh, yeah, Hashem will be, but Nachubi uh, Gamzu was that was his entire mahus. Was it was a uh, bitachon? Okay, so the so let's just walk through it first of all. So Rabbi Akiva lost. Who cares? His candle got blown out. Maybe he could relight it. Or uh, okay, so he'll spend the night without a candle, right? Why? Why is it that these different incidents? Just say the lion killed his his donkey and his rooster. Why make separate instances? Incidents of it. This is here, his donkey got killed, and afterwards his rooster got killed. And anyway, why they, you know, what's this concept of them all having to get killed? So, sorry? Nope. Uh, not to my knowledge. Okay, so the, a, a person, of course, we all know, is made up of body, um, emotions, and intellect, the mind, right? Goof, uh, nefesh, and seichel, the body, uh, the living uh, part of us, the, 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 the heart, and the, and the mind, the intelligent part of us. So now, because Rabbi Akiva had entered into the city and there was a decree against the city that it would be destroyed. So now we know there's a principle in Ashgacha. Of course, people can have individual Ashgacha. 
but there's a concept of a decree on the cloud, whether it be uh, a shmad, whether it be some sort of a natural catastrophe, uh, you know, a plague outbreak, or whatever it is, a massive catastrophe, right? It's already no gadol in the in, in the Holocaust. Many great tzaddikim die. If there were such big tzaddikim, why did they die? Answer is because the decree wasn't against that person. The decree was against the entire city, the entire country. And this person was included in that. So Rabbi Akiva stepped into the city, so now he was included as one of the people of the city who now needs to die. And even if... So, so, so what did Hashem do? He, first of all, he forced him out of the city. Couldn't find any lodging in the city. He was forced out of the city. But it doesn't help. He still has a decree against him. And the marauders are going to find him. They're going to stumble across him. They're going to hear his donkey braying. They're going to hear his rooster crowing. They're going to see the candle burning. They're going to come after him. So, what do we see over here? The donkey is the most physical of animals. It's called a chamor. Chamor is a donkey. Chamor from a language of humrius, a physicality. That represents the human body. The body, the flesh and the, 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 the flesh and the bones. That's the humrius of a person, the physicality of a person is represented by the donkey. Be, uh, the next is a person's emotions. Emotions is. There's a chest over there. Is you give uh, to. You, uh, we make a blessing every day that you give. Which, which means you give to my heart the ability to discern between day and night. But Sechvi. The postkim say is also a language of rooster. The rooster knows how to determine between the day, the day and the night, and he crows to to indicate that. So he that's uh, that and he's uh, one that represents emotions. They're they're tough. They battle. They they they're uh, the, the, the rooster. He crows. He's got a voice. Everything right. So that's that represents a person's. Nefesh, a person's emotions. And uh, finally is the light of the, of the intellect. A person's mind is represented by a candle. The light of the intellect. It illuminates the darkness, ignorance. So, there was a decree against Rabbi Akiva. And that decree, if you were to die, was against his body, against his emotions, and against his intellect. The entire Rebekah was going to die. So what did Hashem do? Hashem helped to bring about a kapara. Even though Rebekah was out of the city. And he was not really meant to be included in Xera. But there's still something on him. So there's a need for a lightning rod. A need to divert that to something else. For that to be expressed, it's as if there's already a decree was launched against all the, from heavens, against all the uh, people of the city. One was Rabbi Akiva. So it was going against him. And the decree was for annihilation of physicality, annihilation of sechvi, of, uh, of, uh, of emotional arousal, and annihilation against the intellect. So Hashem redirected the annihilation against the body at the chamor, at the donkey that was devoured by the lion. He redirected the annihilation of the emotions to the rooster instead of Rabbi Akiva's heart. And he redirected the to wind to blow out the candle against rather than extinguish Rabbi Akiva's mind. And that says the morale is the minhag for kaparas, for doing kaparas, with a chicken, a live chicken. Oh, get that in a second.
that in case there's a decree against a person, there was a decree, but he managed to arouse divine mercy, he managed to somehow get out of it, get atonement, but nonetheless, it's not so easy to walk away clean. There could still be a need for it to, it's already been launched, it's already flying. You need to put up a lightning rod for it to go over there. How does a chicken do that? What? How does a chicken do that? How does it act as the lightning? You explained very clearly. It's called the sechvi. Sechvi is a, is, is a heart. The rooster is, uh, uh, that's what Rabbi Akiva. So now the obvious question is, wait a second, with Rabbi Akiva, there was a need for a chamor and a rooster and the candle. So we're going to start a new business now. This is bringing in a few thousand chamorim into Chicago. And the call is learning about Shiva. We're going to be extinguishing all those candles. That's, that's not so difficult to accomplish. But but the donkeys, that's going to be a serious thing, right? Have a, what are we going to do with all that donkey meat? Make sausages for the guy. But uh, so so what... Okay, so Rabbi, the point is like this. Rabbi Akiva was literally in a city where the marauders were heading for that city. This was a very serious situation. So there was a need for all three to be happening. But if you have to pick one, let's say that we're not aware of any particular uh, annihilation heading this way, right? So, but just in case, you want to do, you want to pick one. So what do you pick? So Baruch right away is a very economical person. He, he prefers the candle, much, much less expensive. Yeah? Between the three, Hamor could be probably a couple thousand dollars. Chicken is $30. And a candle is uh, nothing, 50 cents, right? So, uh, so, we should do, so, so we should do that maybe. So the answer is like this. You have to remember who we are. Here I am. Right? Versus here I am. I, I'm over here. Right? You, you always put your hand on your chest. I mean, a person identifies a point to their chest, to their heart. That's, the, that's who I am. Yes, I have a body. True, I have a body. But that's not me. Right? Theoretically, a person could have an organ transplant. And it wouldn't change who they are. And of course, I have an intellect, a very lofty intellect. I have an intellect, but, but I'm not the intellect. I am the integration of that into a living, breathing person with needles and, and fear and happiness and muna. And that's what, like we said earlier, Person davos, they need to speak, they need to verbalize the telos. Why is it not enough to think about it? Because thinking about it is nice, it's a abstract thinking. Uh, you could think abstractly about, about a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that that's who you are. The real person is somewhere in between. Not abstract, not physical, in between the emotions. That's, that's where the person is. That's why Mishnah Prakiyavo says <coughs> that having a lot of chokhmah that's not brought into Misa is like a tree with massive branches and tiny roots. It's not, it's not real. Right? All that wisdom is not real by you. So, so ultimately the heart is where the Iker person is. That's why a rooster is also called a gever. Gever means a person, a man. A rooster is called a gever. It's a hint. To the fact that between those three, this is the one that's the heart of the matter. He's in the heart of the matter. So therefore, the person wants to present a kapara for himself, for his life, for his heart. That's the minig, atik.
says the moral tracing is ways all the way back to Rabbi Akiva at least of doing kaparas for shop rooster what for a man you use a rooster for a woman you use a chicken um, do you highly recommend it? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Um, in broad daylight, what is a what is a little candle help, right? You have the morale telling you. you the morale telling you this is uh, things that are deep, deep concepts that we see Chazal talking about. We don't need, we don't, we don't need more than that. Any questions? Okay. Uh, do another source, maybe. Why? Why couldn't the RA also kill the chicken? The point is, each one is like a different, you know, like a a lightning rod. Like there was three. There were three prong, there were three Lemons. bullets shot at Rabbi Akiva from heaven, right? Three lightning rods. Different elements. No, I mean to say, we're trying to say that the way that that's, that that's expressed is three separate strikes, right? A, a lion, a cat, and the wind. The lion could have knocked over the candle also, it could have, right? But, but that wouldn't show clearly that these were three different powers that came against him. Three different powers against the three different aspects of him. Each one to, you know, each one was a diversion, a diversion of the lightning rod. Three separate lightning rods. One against Bayi, one was against Nefesh, one was against Seifus. Of course, each was unique. Uh, cats don't kill uh, donkeys, obviously. Uh, lions do kill donkeys. I don't know if lions even kill so frequently roosters because roosters are pretty small. You know, they, small, small uh, ch chump change. You know, a lion's not gonna go run, running after a rooster. You know? He's already got a more. What is he? He's a, Right, and, and the wind uh, is a thing that's unique to blowing out the fire. Okay, okay, okay. let's uh, take a few minutes for prepare for Marv.